0: Hey Dean. Hey Wags. Whatcha doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. From Barney's Legends Podcast, we've got a uh, former professional bartender here. Wags, what are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should bake a Bernie Blast. And of course, we're going to be using Leap Spirits vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave, shall we? So okay. let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass. So this is like a health drink then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to just cover that with ice. And then, now we're going to move over to the side. And uh, we could come in here and take a close look. Uh, we're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. We've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco? Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, do you know? Uh, I, I, I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Um, as much as I love where your head's at, Dane, it's blue. And then we're gonna put in some ginger ale, four and a half ounces of lemonade. Alright. And now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we could just go ahead. This is an old bar kind of trick when you're at your tailgate, just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink class with the OJ. We're ready to go.
1: I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of this Leap Spirit vodka. Whatever it's in, it's going to be really good. I know that. All right. And
0: finally, we are going to garnish with a lemon twist. Okay, there's the gold portion of our green and gold. I like it. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike. Let me have a sip. It's delicious. Smooth Leap Spirit's vodka. Thank you, Axe. Absolutely.
2: Cheers. Go back up. Every year I know
3: we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my teams, heads go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting, no slack. No. I ain't the
0: best sport, and I'll either wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.
3: Dane you are on mute so I am going to jump in here <laughs> sorry uh, Dane was going very high on uh, our <laughs> special guest this evening Caleb Jones uh, offensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers Caleb Jones so thanks so much for joining us this evening
2: appreciate you guys thanks for having me.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I know we were talking just before we got on. Um, and we'll dive into off season, uh, how everything's going as you uh, are relaxing and, and now don't have to worry about ramping up, uh, for the season anytime real soon here. Um, but I think first of all, we kind of want to take a trip backwards. And Caleb, of course, um we're gonna get into your journey to the NFL. But first of all, man, um what can you say about what it means to be a Green
2: Bay backer? Man, that's a that's a loaded question. I think it's one of those things where you know when you join this organization, it's 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 such a history packed organization. You know, there's um Tons and tons and tons of um, great players, great coaches, great just moments that have been associated with this organization over time. That just to be a part of it and you know to to work with them in any capacity is an honor. But you know you have to wear that that G with pride. You know no matter where you are when you're a part of this organization, that's for sure.
1: And I'm finally off mute here, guys. So I came in very hot. I, I, we've been doing this podcast for years, and I'm still super excited whenever we get to talk to special guests, Caleb. So welcome to the pod, man. Obviously, super stoked to have you. Um, are you? What's your experience been like in Green Bay so far? Um, you know, you're somebody we've been keeping a. a Close eye on since you were able to sign in Green Bay. So, what's your experience been? How you liking the, the the city of Green Bay, and just you know, what's your overall impression so far?
2: I mean, uh, there's really nothing not to love about this place. That's the thing. I, I come from a small town. I come from Indianapolis, but like a little bit outside the suburbs. So, I come from a place that's you know very similar to this. Not necessarily centered around football, more centered around basketball, but very much the small town vibe. Um, you know it's been a blast being able to come in and work my way up and and just you know co- not even collaborate but just work with so many great um players and coaches and and just being able to find my my own little i guess niche or you know where where it is that I fit uh in this organization but it's it's been fun it's been great i don't regret anything i've i've really you know tried to take it all in as it's, as it's come to me and just, you know, appreciate this place for what it is, but it is a great town. And I, I, I really do appreciate everybody and, and, you know, all that this place has to offer.
3: Yeah. And Caleb, since you brought it up, I, I think one of us was going to ask you at some point, but um, being a Hoosier. And as you said, it's, it's definitely big in basketball uh, where you're from um I mean man you're 69. Uh so I have to imagine there was probably a lot of people pushing you into basketball. Was that something that you really were participated in? Did you play some hoops um or was it always football for you from the start?
2: Uh I was I was pretty split I'd say all the way until probably my junior year of high school. Um that's when I really, you know, realized that I'd be able to take take it pretty far playing football not necessarily basketball though I had the skill to play basketball I feel like at a high level I definitely didn't have the discipline to stay in basketball shape and to run that court um especially not in high school uh, and I'm glad that I made the decision that I made because you know I'm, I'm happy to be where I am but I, I can hoop a little bit you know I don't think it's possible to be from Indiana and not be able to hoop at least a little bit
3: yeah, just really quickly, just to follow up to that, um, you know, I think you made the right decision as well. But did you ever seriously consider basketball at the next level, or um, did you kind of settle uh, uh, on football once you got later into your high school career? Uh,
2: I don't think I, I ever really played at a high enough level to consider it um, long term like I played and I was good but I wasn't even the tallest on my high school team. I had, I played on a team that's notoriously very good. This is where Greg Oden and Mike Conley went. Um so I wasn't like the the big dog on that team even though I was the biggest guy on the team. There was a center that was taller than me. I had a power forward that was 6-6 six, six that you know could play his his balls off so it was yeah, it was competition was steep. I knew basketball wasn't going to be where I where I fit in.
1: Dude, that's not even fair. I—that's I, a huge team. Yeah,
2: yeah. What, so
1: you know, a lot of folks make hay about your height. We think you're a really good football player, uh, not just a big dude. But um, when did you when did you kind of um, hit six foot? What you're listed about six foot nine? Uh, when mm-hmm. when did you kind of grow into that? Where have you always been a, a taller dude, or you know, is that something that happened a little bit later?
2: I was always tall. Um, I've been big my entire life. I was always the tallest in every class that I was in growing up. Um, yeah, I didn't even hit a growth spread. I really just grew consistently. I hit about six foot six my freshman year of high school, like 13, 14, going into high school, I was six foot six. And I started my freshman year of varsity on like playing football. So it was like, I immediately had to learn how to handle my body and my body weight at that size and play at a high level because the Mick in Indianapolis, they actually play some really good ball. So I think that, I mean, it definitely helped me because I've been this size now for so long that, like, I definitely know how to, I guess, handle my weight a little bit better.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just kind of continuing along that journey um, from a football aspect, at least, um, you had to Indiana and obviously had some success there, um, started playing early on, uh, had over 30 starts in your career at Indiana Uh, you had the misfortune, I think, of of a lot of guys that were in college at that time of, you know, starting uh, right before the pandemic happened and having most of your college career go over the course of the pandemic. So, you know, my question doesn't have anything to do with that. But I'm curious, Caleb, because, um, you know, you had the experience, uh, the size the skill set, a lot of the intangibles um, coming into the league. And then you went undrafted, which I, I don't know if you thought you were going to be drafted or if you, you know, kind of had a good idea that that might be the route you were going to go. But can you kind of just walk us through what your um, mental uh, mindset was as you went through that draft process, just knowing that, you know, um, It might have been a little bit more challenging for you and other guys, too, to be fair, um, given the situation that you had to deal with uh, with your
2: college ball. Um, Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely unique, but I think uh, I kept I kept myself really honest and really realistic. Uh, I knew that after, you know, the seasons that I had coming out of college and after COVID that there were definitely question marks that were associated with my name in terms of, you know, if he was disciplined enough, if he was um, committed to the game Um, and if he could, you know, eventually grow out of that and become the player that, you know, all these people think that I can be. And I think that a big a uh, part of my journey and a part of my process was, you know, going undrafted and, and making me work for everything that it is that I've, you know, now uh, I guess you could say accomplished, you know, as little as that is in this league. Um, I knew I was going to be undrafted. I knew I wasn't, you know, going to be a high drive guy. Um, I was, my, my agent was really honest and upfront with me. I think, um, me having a prior relationship with Coach Buckus and him being the offensive line coach with Green Bay has definitely worked in my in my favor. Because um, I'm not sure who would have given me an opportunity had they not, you know, picked up the phone called, and, and let me know that they wanted me. But I also think that with that opportunity, me being undrafted and seeing you know all the guys that were in our room um, when I first got there. And, you know, eventually working my butt off and proving that, you know, I can stick around, stay around and make something, you know, of myself. I think it's just, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think that's just all I can say about that. It's just everything happens for a reason. I can't really um, explain why that is, but, you know, I think I'm right where I need to be. So did
1: you, so going into that, did, did you, did other teams reach out? Was it really, do you think it was Coach Buckus? I mean, you know, it's always fascinating, right? Because you hear the, the, there's the old adage that like, is it better to go in the seventh round or is it better to be undrafted and kind of have an opportunity to choose where you're able to go? So I, I guess that leads into my question of, you know, were you passionate about coming to Green Bay or or what, you know, were there other options on the table or, you know, what was kind of the appeal of the Packers?
2: There were a few other options on the table, but I I believe that the Packers were, Honestly, it was, it, it was just the best fit for me. It was the kind of organization that, you know, they like to take a chance on guys. They like to, you know, develop guys. They like to, if you go in there and you show them that, you know, you're you're willing to work for everything that, that you earn, you know, then that's the type of organization that you'll fit in. And, and me and my agent knew that that was going to be something that I had to do. I was going to have to work. I was going to have to prove myself. But they knew that, you know, once I was able to work and prove myself, there would be a, you know, a, a good opportunity for me here.
3: Yeah, I find your approach and your um mental approach, especially, very refreshing. Not everyone that we've talked to necessarily has that, um, where you've clearly identified uh, some areas that you're working to develop. Uh, and you've been successful at developing several of those areas or you wouldn't have been on the team last year. Uh, clearly. So, um, that's, that's kudos to you for that. Um, I'm kind of curious as you move from prospect, undrafted free agent prospect that makes the journey to getting onto the eventually making it onto the 53 man roster in your rookie season. Now, kind of looking ahead a little bit, uh, going into year two, what are some of the, uh, areas of the game that you're focused on to continue to develop um, so that you can get to where you want to be uh, for, as you move forward in your
2: career? Um, that's a great question. I think that this year in general, I think that I was able to establish a good foundation, a good base, you know, just kind of get my footing and, and my ground, something that I can build on so I can really start to develop my individual skills. I think that's one of the things as an offensive lineman that's so, Uh, unique about our job is that you know because everyone's a different size everyone does their job differently so it's really about finding the best way for me to do my job at the highest level and and that's just going to come with uh, repetition and you know those those live reps those practice reps but also in the off season just really perfecting my craft and and getting in the lab but I think there's a there's a few things in general that will be a a focal point for me in developing and maturing as a player that might not necessarily have to do with the physical as much as the mental, as much as, you know, just hammering the playbook, knowing exactly the ins and outs of not just what I do, but what the offense does, you know, what we as a unit are supposed to look like on the field when we're doing the right things and um, just learning from mistakes and not making the same mistakes over again. I think there's a lot of things that I can improve on, but I also think there's a lot of things that you know, I've improved on already and I just need to continue to hammer.
1: Caleb, you mentioned the the physical, but then also obviously the mental side of it. Um, something that I think we were both so impressed with um, in your 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 rookie campaign, especially in camp last year, was your ability to, they were running me on the left side, they were running me on the right side as well. I know you primarily played at right tackle in college, right? But you played some left tackle as well. Um, do you have any insight into um, what direction the team's going to be going with you uh, this year? Or, I mean, we we know historically the Packers love offensive linemen that can be multifaceted. Um, So, you know, right now are you expecting to go into camp with the right side and the left side Or, or what does that
2: look like for you? To be honest right now, I have no idea. It was kind of the same thing last year. I really went in having no idea, but, I play both. I, I can play right, I can play left, and I feel fine being at either one, even as far as switching mid-game, mid-drive, whatever that is, just because that's what I'm used to doing. I did it at not only high school but college as well. So I'm not exactly sure where they're going to have me playing at next year. Um, it really it really could be either. It really could be either. Like, we, we have no idea. So I'll be prepared for whichever one it is that they decide to put me at, wherever it is.
3: Yeah, Caleb, I, I'm just also curious, um, I always like to ask, is there a, a particular player that you kind of look at as a comp for yourself or maybe that you're watching a lot of film on, either on the Packers or, or around the league, um, or even historically? Um, so I, I'm just kind of curious if there's any comps that you have for who you try to model your game after. Um.
2: I think that's a tricky question because, like I said, every offensive lineman is very different and unique in what they do. But at the same time, I think that my body type, um, I look the most at guys that are also, you know, extremely tall, extremely long. So, obviously, a Trent Brown um, in Orlando, uh, Orlando Pace as well. Just guys that are, you know, big, dominant, um, long, know how to use their hands, know how to use their body, know how to keep people off them, um, keep people away from the spot. I think those are the kind of guys that I gravitate towards watching just because I think there's little uh, things that I can you know, pick up from their game.
1: Well, it's it's interesting. Um, you know who you remind me of a little bit just in our conversation, right? Not not necessarily style of play, but uh, your teammate, Yash Nyman. We ha- we've had Yashan a couple times uh, over the years, good friend of our podcast. And he's somebody that, um, you know, last offseason, we were having the conversation. Are you going to the left side, man? Are you going to the right side? What does that look like? And he was talking about some of those challenges. Um, another really smart guy. Um, simply just you kind of have a similar vibe. Um, so, you know, in year one for you, Caleb, um, was there anything that surprised you uh, about the league? uh, coming from college to the NFL? Um, was it speed? Was it anything like that? Or, or, or were you pretty, uh, did you feel pretty prepared heading into camp?
2: Um, man, it's so crazy how the first year hits you. Cause everything just kind of happens like, and you're just, you're just trying to keep up. Like, it's just, uh, it's like a, the world is just moving around around you and you're just trying to make sure you don't drown. Um, but honestly i think the the thing that surprised me most especially when it comes to to play is the it, it's the it's the small details it's like the really small intricate details that happen especially like in the the offensive defensive line one on ones like i'm a i'm a i'm a real fan of the, the trenches and the O-line, D-line pass rush and watching not only great offensive linemen but great defensive linemen, just watching that battle because it's so – it's 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 almost beautiful. It's almost gorgeous watching an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle and a defensive end go at it all game long, just the the small things that they do to set up a pass rush, to set up a move, to set up a win. Um, and I think those are the things that surprise me the most but that I also – loved the most and cherished the most about this season was like just those moments that I was able to really battle with some of my teammates or even battle with some of the people that I played against um, in the preseason games. But just, I don't know. I love that part of the game.
1: Did you know that the Packer beat writers will actually tweet out um during practice the one-on-ones like because I know you guys go like twice in a practice right I mean Mm -hmm. um I know the NFL is like next level pressure but I always think man that's hardcore you know Caleb Jones versus Rashawn Gary one-on-one that's getting broadcast to the world that's got to be something
2: else yeah it's it's definitely it's fun though and it's one of those things where I know me and me and Rasheed think about this all the time, but like when we're watching them on Sunday and, and Rashid and Preston and these guys are absolutely obliterating an offensive line, we're like, man, we go against them every day. Like, like if we're not getting better, there's, there's no way that anyone else is getting better. Cause we're going against this guy every single day. Great.
3: Yeah. And I, I'm kind of curious as you're talking about some of your teammates and some of the interactions and competitions you've had with them, um, are there any guys in particular uh, that you've really made a strong connection to on the team and um, that uh, has h- kind of helped you connect and, and kind of uh, definitely feel at home and more comfortable
2: as you've kind of
3: moved through the process?
2: Um, I've definitely clung to some of the rookie offensive linemen just because we've been so close together during this process in general. Um, Rashid, Zach Tom, uh, Sean Ryan, uh, Cole Schneider who got cut, but he was a great guy. Um, we love Cole.
1: Cole came on the pod. He's a great
2: dude, yeah. Everyone loves Cole. You can't not love Cole. Um, Yasha's Hughes, Josh Myers. Me and Josh go way back because we've met uh, a few times prior to even Ohio State days, just back when he was an Ohio boy and I was a, a Indiana guy. but there's a, there's a lot of guys, it's Elton and Dave as well. Um, Jake, the entire offensive line room, man, it's, it's really like a family. Like they, they look out for you in ways that you, you don't know you need sometimes.
1: That's sweet. That's so cool. Um, so we, we've got a couple folks dropping a couple of questions. Um, thanks for following along folks that are listening live. Um, Phil's asking, uh, Hale, do you have any uh, training programs uh, that you're doing with any other players not on the team um, this uh, year, or, or you know what does that look like? What does your
2: off season look like? Um, it's kind of it's kind of different for me because it's my first off season, so I'm I'm really trying to fill everything out and just try to figure out what the best method and way for me to to get the best work is. So I've been kind of all over the place. I've worked out with a few of my my older teammates um, from Indiana. Um, I've worked out with. A few of my really good best friends that play um, in in different leagues. But for the most part, I like to work out by myself. I've always found that I I get the best workouts in when I'm just me and a trainer by myself in the gym. And I don't really have to worry about any outside factors. And I can really lock in.
3: Yep. And uh, Caleb, I was going to follow up on teammates' uh, good vibes until – they make the rookies pick up the check the first uh, offensive line d- <laughs> uh, dinner out, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's still a thing or, you know, uh, is that something you can look forward to here now in year two that that'll be handed off to some of the other
2: young guys? Well, I I got very lucky this year being that I was the undrafted free agent and they drafted a lot of offensive linemen. So it didn't end up getting around to me. There was a lot of guys that paid a lot of money for dinners. Um, And don't worry, I paid my more than my fair share uh, to the offensive line room. Um, But no, I didn't have to pay for any crazy expensive dinners. Um, I did pay a hefty amount to the fine board. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so what's the fine board explain the fine board please to to our audience
2: uh fine board is basically just a, a set of rules that you have to abide by in the offensive line room that was set by uh i don't actually know who it was set by probably it, it's ancient it's been a thing so but yeah it's just it's just rules regulations that you have to that you have to stick to and if you don't then they hit your pockets <laughs>
1: That's so, is that is that specific to rookies defender. or is that anybody right
2: in the room? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah,
3: you know, is, Yeah. Who's the biggest offender? Who, who's got the the most most fines uh, that they've had to dish out?
2: It's, it's always rookies. It's always and forever exactly. going to be rookies. Rookies pay the most fines because rookies mess up the most. And I'm not going to sit here and lie like we don't. We do. We do. And we were a hard headed rookie class. It took us a minute to figure it out. Um. But yeah, probably, uh, it'd probably be between me or, or Sean Ryan, to be honest. <laughs> one of us, probably Sean Ryan, though.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Listen, um, I, I want to be mindful of your time. We got a couple more for you. I hope that's okay. Um, one, one thing I, I was hoping that, um, that you you would tell us about, I know that your uh, girlfriend has an awesome business um, going on and just wanted to kind of check in on that. uh, If if you don't mind sharing that uh, with our audience. And of course we'll share this folks on our Instagram page a little bit later, but um, Caleb, tell us a little bit about what uh, Sarah's up to.
2: Yeah, she's a, She's actually running this, this really great business. It's called uh game day apparel. She makes custom game day gear for pretty much any audience. Um, she's got an Instagram page that she's running, uh, at game day apparel underscore. Uh, and if you go in there, you'll see a bunch of different products. Like she's, she sews, she does embroidery. She does, she pretty much does it all. Um, but yeah, it's it's at game day apparel underscore on uh Instagram if you wanted to find any of you know the designs or, or any of the clothing that she has going for her right now. It's a lot of cool, dope stuff. And um yeah.
3: So, Caleb, um, that is awesome. Just, uh, kind of curious as I was going to shift to some, maybe some of the interests that you have outside of football. Um, has she enlisted you to help, uh, you know, uh, with sewing and, and putting together, uh, some of the designs and, and that she's got out there, or you kind of just let her run out everything on that
2: side of things. You know, I, I like to think of myself as, um, I'm a constructive critique you know I don't like to do too much I don't I don't run the business uh but you know I'm always there in the background just to give a a helpful hand or you know maybe a word of advice sitting out you know every now and then whenever she needs it I don't touch an embroidery or a sewing machine I'm uh, scared of those things for the most part so nah that's not me I
1: love it. Uh, it's So cool. Um,
2: what do you, you know, when you're not on the football field, that's something we're
1: extremely mindful of, right, is like, dude, you play football, but you're like a person, right? You do a lot of other things. You're a well-rounded individual. Um, what are some of the things you like to do outside of the game? Um, you know, what, what kind of um, takes your attention?
2: Uh, I'm extremely family oriented. I've got a a great big family back home in Indy and, um, I like to be around them as much as I can. I've got a a fantastic group of friends that I've had for almost 10 years now, um, that I like to spend a, a, a great deal of time with spending time with my girlfriend is always on that list as well. Um, play video games. I feel like I'm, I'm a typical, you know, 20 something year old man. I, I, I work out, I play video games, I hang out with my friends, listen to music, just, you know, just like to be around, you know, good vibes, good energy, people that I love.
3: And Caleb, do you, are you one of those guys that likes to yeah. get on, uh, you know, social media and challenge fans to come on and then take you on in a game of Madden or 2k or FIFA or something of that nature do you kind of like to keep more of your
2: matches uh of the private affair I like to stay in my own lane you know I always think it's if if I'm gonna challenge my you know fans or, or put it out there there's gonna be someone out there that can beat me and I don't like to lose so I'd rather not, you know, be up against a fan or somebody that, you know, if I lose and I say something, then I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. I'd rather just, you know, my friends can take it. I know all of my friends can take whatever it is that I'm going to throw at them. So I like to keep it, you know, just with them. See that's civil. That's smart. I'm
1: I'm I'm going back to Wags and I have had some epic uh, 2K battles over Mm. the years, NBA 2K. So I'm just thinking about how angry I still am about a certain Christmas morning game
2: we (laughs) played. They sting. uh,
1: So. What kind of music are you listening to? In the locker room, outside of the locker room? Are you a pumped up kind of guy? Are you somebody that, you know, listen to more chill stuff? We've kind of heard every answer across the board over the years. I'm kind of curious, um, you know, what mindset you like to have going into a ball game.
2: Oh, going in going into a game is very different than than any yeah. other. If I'm if I'm just on a regular day, then I'm listening to something laid back, chill, R and B, just vibey music. But if it's game day, then yeah, I gotta I gotta pump it up. I need something. Um with the BPM way up, you know, just bass, uh, a lot of loud music, a lot of just blaring, anything, whatever it is, it's got to be loud.
3: Yeah, and Caleb, I I think it's really interesting when you think about kind of having the inside look in the locker room, I'm kind of going back a little bit to earlier in our conversation, but um, you've been in plenty of locker rooms, obviously uh, going uh, throughout your career uh, before you got to the NFL. But uh, can you kind of just share what it was like the first time you stepped foot into Lambeau field and um, what that moment meant for you and, and kind of what the, some of the sights and sounds were uh, that you took in?
2: Um, Man, that was a, it's a, it's a crazy day. Um, that first time you step into an NFL facility and it's like you're actually a part of an organization that really doesn't feel real. Um, especially when you're walking into a locker room that have so many, uh, I mean, just elite players, elite talent, you know, well-known, well-vetted players. Um, you're always going to hear Ja. You're always going to hear Preston. You're always going to hear, you know, those guys, those those big personalities in the locker room. Um, but yeah, man, it's just really about finding, you know, where it is that you fit and, you know, not stepping on anybody's toes, but making sure that nobody's stepping on yours either, you know, um, finding where you fit. That's, that's really all it's about. Uh, no one in, in our organization or in our locker room is going to be too, you know, macho or too. Hard-headed to, you know, not have a conversation with you. Everybody's going to be cool. For the most part, everybody's humble and, and approachable. So you don't really have a hard time adjusting in, a, in an organization like this.
1: Caleb, my last question for you, uh, you've been so generous tonight. Thanks for joining, is um, I want to know, um, going into to, you know, you got OTAs coming up and then, then, you know, there's all sorts of stuff and then camp, um, what's your mindset going into, to this, um, off season? Is it different from, from last year? Um, uh, you mentioned the playbook, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, you're going into this year too. Um, we have, we think you can do a lot of great things, um, for, for the ball club this year. So I'm just kind of curious, what mindset are you bringing in, um, heading into OTAs camp and, uh, earning a spot this year uh, on the Green Bay Packers?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's, it's simple for me. It's just constant and, and never ending improvement. I think I have to continue to, to keep going. I have to continue with the mindset that I had when I first walked in the building, um, you know, as if it is the first day I'm walking in, I have to prove myself all over again. I have to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward every day, working like a maniac and, 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 you know, not accepting, you know, that what has happened is good enough. Cause to me, it's not. You know, I, I've proved a lot to a lot of people, but I haven't proved, you know, enough to myself yet. <laughs>
3: All right, then, Caleb. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. And I apologize, uh, but my uh, producer dog is uh, making some noise here in the background, but wanted to just jump you in. Really, really appreciate you joining us this evening. Yeah. Um, uh, really great to get a chance to talk to you and give um, Packer fans a little bit of a better idea of who you are and what you're all about. So, um, really awesome to to have you on, and and uh, we're looking forward to watching and, and cheering for you as you uh, gear up here later in the uh, spring and summer uh, for year two.
2: Absolutely, thank you guys for having me again,
1: yeah. Caleb. Before you pop off, can you give us a go, Pack, go?
2: yeah i got you guys one time go pack go
1: go pack go caleb jones offensive tackle green bay packers thank you so much caleb you're a good one man appreciate it have a good night you too yeah thanks caleb folks that was caleb jones how good was that wags i love this guy he's he's a baller you can tell he's an nfl football (laughs) player
3: absolutely fantastic and um dane let's why don't we do this let's take a a little bit of break pay some bills um and uh let's talk for a few minutes another segment here after that after the break so um folks uh right now DraftKings sportsbook uh it's not football season anymore so uh we're pivoting to the nba and it's time to bring the hoops to action the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. So um, this is a really great deal going on for a limited time. All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Uh, To do this, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA, NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, um, folks, even if you are an existing DraftKings customer, I know we've got a lot of folks out there that have signed up for DraftKings previously. You have an opportunity here to go ahead and take advantage of this offer. Um, and, of course, if you're in Wisconsin, you might be a Bucks fan, 12-game winning streak. I think we better go ahead and ride that one as we move forward uh, when the games come back here next Friday evening. So, um, folks, all you need to do is download the app now and sign up with code T. P P N new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 and free best instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And I'm sorry, code T H. P. N. I got thrown off a little bit there. So folks, go ahead and take advantage of the offer. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And Dane, I think we lost you there for a minute, but I went ahead way. and I took care of uh, our read there for DraftKings. So we're all set to go. I- I'd like to get your feelings. Um, and just recapping that conversation that we just had with Caleb Jones.
1: Yeah, I mean, Caleb, clearly humble guy, a guy who's going to come in and work his tail off. I wasn't kidding, Wanks. He reminds me a lot of Yash Nyman. He's got that path um, where the Packers, you know, uh, they, they they find guys that they really like uh, and they, they, you know, work them in and they find a way to make it work. I mean, even down to the position group. Right, they play the same position. They're kind of both the, the swing left side, right side. But I, I think the sky's the limit for somebody like a Caleb Jones. He's a big football player, but he's also a good football player. Um, I think that uh, a year of fine tuning is huge for him. He was um, had an illness for part of last season, uh, was able to work his way back uh, to the roster and, and Wags. Now, I think I really do think sky's the limit for him. He's going to go out and try to earn a roster spot, but um, I think he's got to be a front runner for one of those eight or nine spots uh, coming out of camp. He's just a really good football player who I think is going to get better.
3: Yeah. You know, he didn't come right out and say it. So I'll, I'll say it for him. He didn't take his craft as seriously as he probably thought he should have uh, in his time in college. And, I think something clicked for him at some point. Maybe that was towards the end of his college career. I don't know. He didn't specify that. But, um, clearly, I mean, he made the comment that, you know, he enjoyed hoops, but he, he wasn't willing to put in the, you know, the effort to be in, in shape physically or to continue to get better uh, and, and be able to play that at a high level. Um, so, you know, we're getting someone that has all of the measurables that you'd want, Um, might even be too tall in some ways for an offensive lineman in the traditional sense. But that being said, um he, he's legitimately someone that could be a late bloomer and the Packers have had the opportunity to bring him in, bring him along. And the fact that he uh was elevated 53 man roster in the middle of the season last year says a lot about a dude, because he could have just been a, a stash on the practice squad all season. Um, so he said I got better and he definitely obviously did, or he wouldn't have had the opportunity that he did during the season to, to be activated. Um, and so I, I'm really excited. Also, he seems to be humble as you said, mm-hmm. and have that right. The mental approach I think actually is more important in a lot of ways than some of the physical parts of this game, because, um, listen, you don't get in the NFL without being an awesome athlete and supremely talented. And certainly there's degrees even at that level. Um, but he's got that foundation and baseline. Plus, I think he is has a very realistic and the right approach from a mental side. So I'm excited to see how he continues to develop uh here moving into year two. And uh you're absolutely right. He's got a perfect comp right on yes. the roster with Josh Naiman. I think he what he basically went uh a few seasons before he started to to play and contribute. Um so the long game really worked out for both parties. And I think based on the depth that Packers have on this roster uh, at the offensive line position. While you got to be ready at any time, um, I think they can also continue to take that approach with Caleb as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, spot on, Weggs. And I'm going to say something, kind of my bold prediction um, uh, with Caleb Jones. is, Folks, don't be surprised if he's not playing on Sundays for the Packers sooner rather than later. Um, And I I sincerely mean that. Um, This is an offensive line that, um, you know, David's had some injury issues uh, that are well-documented and the way that they move things around. Zach Tom had a phenomenal year last year, but could they move him inside at some point? Potentially. And as they start to, to you know, shuffle things around over the next year or so, um, Caleb Jones could definitely be in the mix if he continues to grow uh, the way that he did. And, and Wags, I, I look at it this way with Caleb too. is he If he continues to grow the way we know that he can and is going to, um, if he made the team last year um, out of camp, He's got a real shot at doing it again this year. Right, as they like, they like to ha, you know identify guys that they can help grow and build. A la Yash Nyman. So um, really, pay attention to Caleb Jones, number seventy-two for the Packers in camp. Uh, he's somebody that caught a lot of people's attention. I thought last training camp, and I'm um, going into this year. I have no reason to think that that won't be the case again. Um, it was it really was genuinely exciting to have a chance to talk to him today because I think that he's got a bright future um, with the organization. He's a, he's a Packer person. He's the kind of guy that you want to have. On the Green
3: Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he seems to be very passionate about the game of football. And in addition to some of the physical and mental aspects that we talk about, um, that's not an underrated thing either uh, because that tells me that he's going to enjoy going to work every day, um, even when some of those days really are a grind, uh, both – in the off season and in season. And um, so I think those are the guys that have a chance to really separate themselves because uh, you're splitting hairs uh, when it comes down to it. And you're in uh, the front half office has to start making decisions on personnel and who's going to fit best both this year and in the long-term future uh, guys that really love football and put in the time and put in uh, the effort behind the scenes. The front office and coaches know who those guys are yes. and they're going to get the edge every time. You can't fake it. Um, those guys are going to get the edge every time you, you go up and down this Packer roster and look at some of the quote unquote long shots that have, uh, kind of come onto the scene over the last few seasons and it's a common theme and it's not unique just to the Packers. Certainly you could probably go to, you know, 31 other teams in the NFL and, and have similar stories. Uh, but um, I think you've said it perfectly, Dane. I, Caleb Jones is guy to watch. And um, I, I love that he came on and gave everyone out there who maybe isn't as familiar with his story um uh, that listens to us, at least uh, an opportunity to hear and see what he's all about because because um, I couldn't agree more. I think he's primed uh, for one of those year two jumps. Um, and while he may not be you know, coming into the season starting uh, uh, on this offensive line, I'm not going to sell, I'm sure. Because as you said, injuries happen. Um, so as it did with Yash Naiman, if he's ready to go and has this opportunity and he needs to jump in there as that next guy up, um, he could be a, a real key contributor at some point this next season.
1: Yeah, Wags, we're humming along, man. How fun was that? It's just fun to be able to talk to Caleb, um, folks. Lombardi's Legends Podcast. We we love doing this thing. We're gonna continue uh, all off season long. We've got um, we're gonna be talking free agency. We're gonna be talking, um, you know what the draft we're going to be talking camp and all the other things all in between. So the off season is not really an off season here with our podcast. So just really appreciate everybody joining us listening. I hope you enjoyed Caleb Jones. Uh, He's somebody that I think that we're really going to be rooting for uh, this, this off season going into the year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So as we wrap things up here this evening, as always be legendary and go pack, go pack, go. go. I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show sure with no
0: mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.